Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCKpod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at TCKpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Sky back with you, bringing on our Wednesday guest, per usual, Bobby Lamarco of Fantasy Football X Factor. This is episode 287, bringing you the early slate of games. We got the Lions, Falcons, Steelers, Titans, Browns, Bengals, Packers, Texans, Panthers, Saints, Bills, Jets, and Cowboys, and football team. Before we get into that, though, let's welcome back Bobby. Bobby, how you doing, man? We're about halfway through the season. How you feeling so far? Feeling good, Sky. Thanks for asking, man. Awesome, brother. Great to have you back as usual. Hey, before we get into it tonight, I want to make sure that we're given as much um, general fantasy advice here. You and I on these episodes generally kind of break down the games strictly as the game. We don't talk about a ton of strategy per se, because I go over a lot of that in um, the Monday episodes with the ballers and stallers and the waiver wire article. Dwayne goes through it even more on the stat rat article, which you heard yesterday, but I want to talk to you really quick and get a fresh approach here. Uh, let's talk about the, the, the kind of the state of your teams. Okay. You're either and six, you're six and oh, or you're somewhere in between. Most of us are probably somewhere in between. I'm curious, Bobby, and I'll just kind of lend it over to you here. I'm curious what your strategies are on both spectrums. We have a couple of injured superstars, right? We have Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, to name a few. Michael Thomas is, supposedly coming back we have a couple other studs up and down the lineup here so for redraft purposes for the most part um, because dynasty you can kind of wait those things out if you want to but a redraft specifically what are your approaches on both sides of that man if you're zero and six one and five two and four how are you approaching holding on to those guys buying those guys selling those guys or on the other side if you're six and oh five and one four and two three and three are you trying to acquire pieces like that? Are you selling them off for more pieces potentially? Because clearly your teams are pretty clear. What are some of your strategies here, uh, Bobby, in, in redraft style uh, for having those studs? Are you trying to acquire them? Are you trying to let go of them? And I assume it has to do with your record and where you sit, correct? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So the reason why I, we want to bring this up on the show is because, you know, if you're right now today, a lot of teams give up. You're one in five, oh, and six, and there's going to be leagues you're in where the teams just stop caring. And my thing is, like, you could still make the playoffs. Typically in a 13-week uh, regular season, seven and six gets it done. In some cases, six and seven gets it done. So if you're 0 and six or even one and five, you still have a shot. However, the reason why we're bringing this up is if you're sitting at Nick Chubb in your IR spot, Christian McCaffrey, you know, Austin Eckler, one of those guys, I, this is the time of year where you have to pull the trigger on a trade and get assets for you to win now. You no longer have the luxury of taking losses in preparation for those guys to for the stretch run. So it, you don't need, and I, unfortunately, everyone should know 
Like if you're going to get it, you're going to take a haircut on this. Like you're not going to get premier value, but at this point, like you got to do, you got to do what you got to do. And I think a great example of this is going after guys like Jonathan Taylor, for example. And honestly, I'm not even sure what the market is on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with the Le'Veon Bell news, but kind of those rookie running backs that are starting to play, they're playing pretty well right now, but they're not known like the guys like Austin Eckler, you know, Nick Chubb, those guys are the premier RB1s right now. So if you have a guy like Christian McCaffrey, you might need to go out and acquire a running back. I'm not saying just do it one for one. Obviously you can get more for Christian McCaffrey, but you no longer have the luxury of waiting two, maybe even three more weeks. Plus remember McCaffrey has a bye week 13. So you're not only going to not get him for the next two weeks, but you're losing for the bye. So three of the next seven weeks, essentially you're not going to have McCaffrey. So you don't have the luxury to have him on your bench in those weeks. So I think it's a good time to buy. Now on the flip side, if you're six and zero and five and one, I would be reaching out to every buy low candidate possible. Like go after, look at McCaffrey, look at Nick Chubb, because you have the luxury of if you trade away a Jonathan Taylor, you can lose a game or two and still be set. So I think this is a great time to go buy. Just reach out and get a feeler. Like the other day I asked the owner, I'm six, uh, six and oh, in one of my leagues. I asked the owner, I was like, Hey, what do you want for McCaffrey? He asked for Aaron Jones plus. And I was just like, well, I'm not getting a discount. Well, Aaron Jones plus another receiver. Yes. For Adam Thielen. and I'm like, that's like if McCaffrey was in 2019 in his like peak healthy. So, um, I'm just saying, like, it's a good idea to, like, see what the feelers are. But I think if you are one of those 0-16 uh, teams or 1-5 and and you have one of those guys on your bench, trade them now and try to get – because they still have name value. And I think this is the best time to do it and try to win, buy wins as soon as possible. Sky, did I lose you? Oh, right. The first year we, I had the, uh, podcast, the podcast listener league. I was, um, I started Owen four. I had a couple injuries. I believe that particular season was like AJ green, Adam Thielen, something like that. High draft picks. They got injured. Um, Adrian Peterson might've been one Lev bell, something like that. I mean, again, this is like 2000, maybe 17 or so. Anyway, I started 0-4, and it was frustrating, but I made a couple of trades. I made a couple of good waiver wire moves. I got a couple breaks, and I ran the table 9-4, and four, uh, ended the season, and then I was able to get into the playoffs. I actually swept the playoffs as well and ended up winning the league, um, and I started 0-4. So I'm not saying it's automatic. Clearly, and if you're 0-5, 0-6, it gets harder and harder each week. But right. I'm with Bobby. I'm with Bobby 100% that you can at least go down swinging. I mentioned on the Monday episode – with the ballers and stallers, the one thing you cannot do, this is just unacceptable, horrendous fantasy etiquette in any sport. You cannot throw in the towel, meaning you can't just forget about a league. You can't not take out bi-week players. You can't not take out injured players. You don't have to ride the waiver wire if you don't want to. And if you're quote unquote giving up, that's fair. Look, if you're in five leagues and one of your leagues is 0-6 and, and you're frustrated, your whole team's hurt, you don't really have a chance and you want to dog it to focus on your other ones, I respect that. That's fine. But at least put out an active lineup the best you can so that your opponent has a challenge and it's fair to the rest of your league. Don't just throw in the towel, leave in bye week guys, leave in IR guys. You know, don't leave Dak Prescott into your starting lineup the rest of the season. It's just chicken shit. It's not a good etiquette. And frankly, your opponent loves it because they get a free win, but yeah. everybody else in your league is hating that move. You know, it's not the right move. And frankly, the leagues that I'm a commission, people pull that move. They're straight up not welcome back next season. No. You know, if you, 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 uh, you have something come up Saturday night, 
uh, you have family things like I do all the time, Sundays, and you forget a bye week guy or you skip over one of your 13 teams and you leave a guy in, shit happens. All right. It, you know, it's a week, no big deal. But it's clear those people who have given up. All right. So if Austin Eckler is still in your lineup, <laughs> it's been three weeks, you're that guy or gal. So fix that. But otherwise, um, do your best. And again, if you need to throw in the towel, you throw in the towel, but do it with etiquette. And uh, we're always going to hear about uh, heroic efforts of teams who were one in five, one in six, two and four, and they came back and were able to uh, run the table. So you're going to start getting some studs back. Some of these running backs are coming back. Michael Thomas is coming back. Uh, bye weeks are starting to happen. You're clearing early team bye weeks where the rest of your league has to still hit them. You're going to catch a few breaks. So uh, stay pat with it. Awesome, Bobby. I appreciate you bringing that up, man. That's a great um, something to just keep into perspective uh, every single week here. And we'll probably be talking about that more often as we get here through the podcast. All right, man. Well, let's get into these seven games here. Um, I listed off the teams earlier. We do have seven tomorrow. Lucas is jumping back on. We've got a grip to get into as well. So, of course, we will do another seven, a good even split this week. Uh, Bobby, let's get right into it, man. We'll start with Detroit and Atlanta. Detroit two and three. Big win over Jacksonville, Atlanta, one and five. Julio Jones comes back. All of a sudden, Matt Ryan is all pro again overnight. Calvin Ridley got in the end zone as well. Julio got not, not one, but two touchdowns. There are trade rumors all of a sudden. We do have the trade deadline coming up. Um, we'll talk about, you know, another player that asked for a trade already uh, on another team. But, you know, Julio Jones is coming along in the tooth in Atlanta. Could certainly help out another winning franchise. Uh, he could be potentially on the move. How do you feel about DeAndre Swift going ham? Um, and will he be the starter going forward? Is there still AP? And look, both these defenses are horrendous. Both these offenses are quite good. I expect some fantasy fireworks here in Atlanta. You know, it's so first of all, welcome back, Julio. And I, I got to tell you, it's good to see him back because, you know, it just makes Ryan better. It makes that offense better. More fantasy, the better. And it gives better scoring opportunities for guys like Todd Gurley and Calvin Ridley. So, Good to have him back. So when you're evaluating this game, it's actually a close spread, two and a half. Uh, Falcons are actually one of those dark horse offensive teams now because their defense is very banged up. They're not slowing anybody down through the pass game. But at the same time, they, they had a big win last week. They looked pretty good. So I think when it comes to the Falcons-Lions game, this could be a very fun game from a passing perspective. Now, when you look at who beats the Lions – it has been the ground games. I mean, Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray had big game against Detroit. Aaron Jones had 160 yards and two touchdowns. Last week, it wasn't really the case with uh, James Robinson, but, you know, Jacksonville fell behind big in that game. So game flow kind of wiped him out. So I'm still buying Todd Gurley. It's one of the better matchups on the week for the ground game. So Todd Gurley is definitely in your season-long lineups. And based on his pricing for DFS, you could even sprinkle him in because that's how good this matchup is on the ground. As for the wide receivers, it's primary outside guys have been beating the Detroit Lions. Now, the Lions, we've talked about this multiple times. They lost Justin Coleman, and they lost uh, Trufant on the outsides early on in the season. And then Jeffrey Okuda's kind of grown into his own a little bit, but they're still getting torched by outside wide receivers for the most part. But last week, we saw guys like Keelan Cole had 143 yards against Detroit. So it's interesting to see, you know, who can beat Detroit. It's pretty much anybody, your primary weapon. So you're rolling with Julio and Calvin. We don't even need to get into that. However, where they're actually decent at is stopping is tight ends. So Detroit has actually shut down tight ends all year. 
ironically. So I would leave Hayden Hurst on your bench. So I don't think it's fire up everybody. I think it's Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and also Todd Gurley in this matchup. And I would even say Russell Gage to me is probably just a fringe starter because, you know, I really think the outside receivers can really dominate in this game versus Detroit. And on the other side, you know, the Atlanta Falcons secondary has seen one of the, their top six in the NFL in dropbacks per game on defense. I mean, they see a lot of pass volume and this could be a great throwing matchup for Matthew Stafford, Kenny Galladay. Of course, Galladay's in your matchups. I love it. Also tight ends just destroy the Atlanta Falcons. We saw Irv Smith is one of the better, um, you know, low end, low owned guys to start last week. So I think TJ Hawkinson, you're rolling with this week. However, there's a guy I want to talk about. And he's been probably one of the biggest busts of the year, especially for mine, is Marvin Jones. Now, Marvin Jones has not been playable all year. He had one good game against Jacksonville where he scored a touchdown. Um, other than that, he has been just not good. And I'm sorry, not Jacksonville. But earlier in the season, he scored a touchdown in a random game. But that's it. He hasn't done much the whole season. Now, this game, though, is the first time ever all season since week one that they're going to face a defense that's really bad against outside receivers. Now, all I know, you know, Jacksonville, all these other teams they face, they all in the bo bottom half in points allowed to outside wide receivers. This matchup versus Atlanta, Atlanta is one of the best matchups for outside. So I think Marvin Jones this week is a wide receiver three. I think this is his breakout game. You know, you're always waiting for that Marvin Jones three touchdown game. I think this is the week if you've had Marvin Jones or if he hit waiver wires, you could pick him up and start him in this matchup. So I like Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Stafford in the pass game, which Hawkinson. The running backs, Atlanta has been surprisingly decent against running games uh, this season, and it's mostly been because of the fact they just been in these weird shootouts or chasing points a lot of the time. Now, this game, you could obviously see DeAndre Swift. We saw that kind of changing of the guard. And uh, 14 carries to 15, he actually out outgained 116 to 40 versus Adrian Peterson. But Adrian Peterson's not going anywhere, and this is not a great matchup like it was last week against Jacksonville. Like Jacksonville has been one of the worst defenses against the ground game. The Falcons are surprisingly on the ground have not been that bad. So I'm not feeling DeAndre Swift as much this week. Also, I'm not feeling Adrian Peterson. Peterson's going to have to be a touchdown. But I really like the passing game for the Lions, and I really like the passing game in Todd Gurley for the Falcons. I think TJ Hawkinson and Marvin Jones is a great call out there. Marvin Jones, you're right. We're just waiting for that big breakout, which could certainly be this week versus the Falcons. And TJ Hawkinson, I happen to catch – uh, a one particular drive he eventually scored but Matt Stafford literally targeted him three consecutive passes uh, on the goal line so they didn't give it to a running back they passed it to Hawkinson three consecutive times one was an overthrow another was like a penalty I think and then the third one he actually did score on so we know that uh, Stafford wants to find Hawkinson in the red zone there so I like that great breakdown on those guys all right, let's move on to the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tennessee Titans. Reminder, this game is actually coming in from week three. Of course, they had the initial kind of COVID, uh, the COVID postponement, the first of, um, I don't want to jinx us here, but the first of potentially a few, I'll put it that way, on the season. So this game was actually moved to this week from a few weeks ago. Both teams come in undefeated. They're both 5-0, and both looking very, very good on both sides of the ball, special teams and everything else. Pittsburgh is actually favored in this game by two points and they are on the road here. That's very interesting. I don't necessarily agree with that, but on Pittsburgh side, man, the, the, uh, the emergence of chase Claypool and really the, um, 
the fadeaway from Juju Smith-Schuster uh, is kind of inexplicable to me. Uh, James Connors looked very good. Obviously, he's healthy. You fire him up. Big Ben has looked great so far. On the other side, Tennessee, man. John is a little bit banged up, but Anthony Ferkser steps right in, becomes the number one tight end on the week in John who's place. John has been a top tight end all season long. Anyway, AJ Brown has been absolutely fantastic since he's come back healthy. Uh, Derek Henry, nothing to say there. Another 200 yard game from him. And frankly, Ryan Tannehill uh, is not as fleshy, flashy and sexy as Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes and, um, and uh, Lamar Jackson, but he is just as efficient. His team's winning the games, and I would think he's kind of a dark horse uh, MVP candidate early on in the season with what he's able to do. So I'm very impressed uh, with both of these teams under the circumstances of which they came into, and I'm very excited to watch this game for NFL purposes. Fantasy-wise, other than your usual studs, I think both these defenses are legit. So I'm kind of – I'm a little bit nervous to fire up my team um, with the fantasy studs here, even though they're automatics like Henry and, and, uh, and uh, Connor, uh, because these defenses are so good. Am I overreacting here or are you, you're not going to fade those guys per se, but certainly temper expectations. No. So this, this matchup is interesting because you got two teams that typically they're undefeated. And for the most part, they have been dominating games. We just saw with Tennessee Titans last week that, you know, they got into a little bit of a shootout with Deshaun Watson you know, Watson had 335 and four touchdowns in that game against Tennessee. And both these run defenses are playing better. Tennessee is playing a lot better against the run the last two weeks after earlier in the season, they were kind of getting gashed, but we have seen them improve by a lot. You know, they held David Johnson last week to 19 carries for just 57 yards on the ground. So that's actually good news for the passing game because both these passing games should have success against these guys. So let's start with the Steelers first. And the offensive line is starting to get healthy. They got David DeCastro, Pouncey got healthy. They also got Wazinski back. So the offensive line is starting to heal up a little bit, which is just great news. Last week, I was excited for that game because I thought that the Browns were just going to be somewhat competitive. But, you know, Big Ben threw 22 passes and got 14 completions. So, and they won 38 to 7. This week, that's not going to happen. On the road, versus uh, the Tennessee Titans, I'm not seeing that a blowout. So I think that both passing games are in play. Prior to last week, the Pittsburgh Steelers have allowed 250 yards and two touchdowns almost every, to every quarterback before Baker Mayfield. That includes Carson Wentz and the disaster you, that offense has been uh, just from an offensive line and playmakers, but they Wentz still got 252. So I think that when you're looking at Big Ben, you're firing him up on the road because they're going to have to keep up with the Tennessee Titans and also with the Titans playing better against the ground game. I think they're going to have to throw. Plus they have with Deontay Johnson coming back, James Washington's playing well. Of course, Chase Claypool is playing out of his mind, but Juju still paced the team in uh, routes last week. He didn't, he only had a handful of targets, only four in the game, two receptions, 60 yards. But one of the things we didn't talk about last week on the podcast, and I, I kind of regret was the emergence of Kevin Johnson, the slot corner for the Cleveland Browns. He's, Former Houston Texan guy was a very highly draft pick. Now he's start he's healthy and he looks good. And he's been slowing down the last two weeks. Every he slowed down uh, Zach Pascal, you know, after a big week the week prior. Juju. So I think Juju actually can be in play this week. I think Juju, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson. I think the passing attack 
all these guys are going to be somewhat flex worthy. I think Chase Claypool, obviously you keep rolling with him because he's hot. And plus the outside cornerbacks, Malcolm Butler. And we talked about this with the Houston Texans last week. They're older veteran guys. They are not going to keep up with guys like James Washington, Chase Claypool on the outside. And the, they, there is no notable slot corner to slow down Juju. So I really do like all the wide receivers in this matchup. I think Big Ben can roll, especially if they're going to have to put up points with Tennessee. Now, on the flip side, when you're looking at the uh, Tennessee Titans, you know, really, like I just said, the the uh, the Steelers are beatable in against the pa pass catchers. So, for example, uh, we just saw two weeks ago Carson Wentz with uh, Fulgram had a decent game. So, A.J. Brown is without a doubt in play in this game. Pittsburgh has not been that great against stopping wide receivers. And I do think that due to the injuries that they recently had. So this is a kind of a problem for Ryan Tannehill. I think the reason why they're favored is because Taylor Wan got injured. Johnny Smith is banged up and they also lost their, the right tackle in free agency last year. So no Luan, no tackles on either side versus probably one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. So I do believe Tannehill in this offense will keep clicking, but it's going to be difficult to keep him upright against this elite pass rush. So I think there's going to be volume in this game for A.J. Brown to play. If Jonu is out, I am not touching Anthony Ferksner because the Pittsburgh Steelers are one of the best defenses against tight ends in the NFL. Plus, Derrick Henry, this might be his toughest matchup of the year. You know, this running defense for the, for the, James, um, for the Pittsburgh Steelers is elite. So I do like uh, the passing game, but I'm not – I think Derrick Henry, of course, season-long start. But I think in DFS, you fade him after that monster week performance. I think he's only a season-long start. I like A.J. Brown. The other pass catchers now, you know, Pittsburgh is more vulnerable to outside wide receivers versus the slot. So I do believe that Corey Davis, if he's on the field and playing, could also be a flex play, especially if Pittsburgh is able to put up points. So I think I'm favoring the passing game in this matchup. I'm also favoring the wide receivers over the tight ends as well. And I think both quarterbacks are in play this week but I would definitely uh, be a little worried about Tannehill because of the injuries to the tackles. So we can fire up everybody, of course, and redraft, uh, but there's a lot of fades potentially in this game for DFS. Yeah, basically. All right. I feel that. All right, let's get into the Browns and the Bengals, and we'll take a very quick commercial break. The Browns uh, get absolutely destroyed by these Steelers last week, four and two on the season now for the Browns. Still quite impressive, to be honest. Bengals, one, four, and one. Uh, they would be in second place if they were in the NFC East, but unfortunately for them, they play in the AFC North where all the teams are good except for the Bengals per usual. So we go into the Browns, man. I mean, look, I am curious to see if you chalk this up as to they played the Steelers, the Steelers boat raced them, Nick Chubb is hurt uh baker's been hurt he had a bad game browns are going to be fine because it's the Bengals, or is there more concern there on the other side the Bengals look they've been good t higgins my man is starting to pace the team in targets receiving yards aj green re-emerged for the first time this season had an actual game had a great uh performance for fantasy 17 ppr points there um and uh, tyler boyd is doing his thing joe mixon had a score before he got hurt Hopefully he will play this week. If not, is Gio Bernard worth firing up with confidence there against the Browns? And then can we start Joe Burrow? Uh, not really in single QB leagues, of course, but would you be comfortable uh, with him in Superflex? Yes. So let's talk about the Browns first. So we've already saw this game already earlier in the year. The Browns got off to a big lead. Baker Mayfield only had to throw 23 times. They did come back late, the Bengals, to make it a 35-30 game. But if you remember, Joe Burrow threw 61 times in that game 
Like that is insane. 37 for 61 for 316 yards and three touchdowns. So when you're looking at that, I don't expect the game to be as dominant. Uh, Baker Mayfield's banged up with a rib injury. He just got, you know, completely destroyed by the Steelers. But I think they're a little bit better than what they showed, obviously. But at the same time, the Steelers' defense just out, outmatched them, and it wasn't even close. But Baker should have a more efficient game. But where they're going to beat them is on the ground. The last time these two faced off, they had over 200 yards rushing in that game, 219 in that match, uh, 215 in that matchup with Nick Chubb getting over 100. So I think Kareem Hunt is just going to be an absolute smash play. Huge bounce back and a much better game versus a very banged up Bengals defensive line. And then outside receivers, Odell got loose uh, for a touchdown for four for 74 and one, but there wasn't a lot of pass volume. I think the Browns are going to be able to do what they want. They're going to want to run the football, run play action. It's kind of the same philosophy. I'm not seeing a big uh, pass volume game for Baker Mayfield in this one, but at the same time, it should be more efficient. I think Odell has a bounce back. I think Landry's a, like a, a safe wide receiver three. And I think Austin Hooper, you know, with D, uh, with David Njoku back, I'm just not, st- I'm just kind of staying away from that right now. I'd rather just focus on Odell and Kareem Hunt on the, on the Brown side. Maybe Jarvis Landry is a fringe wide receiver three, but I think it's just those two on that side. And then as for the Bengals, I think you're going to be looking at it. They're only three and a half point underdogs in this game, which is kind of nice. It's kind of surprising. But I think when you're looking at this matchup, Joe Mixon looks like he's going to play and he should be fine. But, you know, Mixon got like combined 80 yards in the last game they faced. He didn't look particularly great. 16 carries, 46 yards, four receptions for 40. But that's going to get it done in season-long fantasy. So I think you're still starting Joe Mixon. Now with Joe Burrow, it's a volume game. I mean – they are going to throw a lot in this one. So I just think from a volume standpoint, you're going to roll with guys like, you know, Tyler Boyd, T Higgins and AJ Green. Now the last time these two faced, it was Drew Sample and CJ Uzama, but it looks like they gotten away from Sample. Sample has not been good since, since Uzama went out, Sample has been kind of a dud for fantasy. So I think when you're looking at this matchup, I think the pass volume alone is going to be able to support all these guys. But I do favor T. Higgins in this game. We just saw James Washington and Chase Claypool completely torch them on the outside. So I do believe that T. Higgins and A.J. Green are the preferred plays. I just talked about Kevin Johnson, who's playing in the slot now. I think he kind of keeps up with Tyler Boyd. So I think if I'm starting, guys, I would go T. Higgins one, A.J. Green two, Tyler Boyd three at the receivers. I think Boyd is just a, a flex play, wide receiver three. Same thing goes with A.J. Green. I think T. Higgins is a solid wide receiver two. I'm starting Joe Burrow. I think he's on the QB1 radar just because of that volume. And I think Joe Mixon is an uninspiring RB2, but he's going to get enough volume and touches to make him fantasy viable this week. We talked at the top of the episode about some players to buy low and sell high, depending on your record. There's been a lot of frustration, a lot of conversation, both in NFL terms and for fantasy, about A.J. Green specifically. Came out of the gate 13 targets in week two, but only three receptions. He's been healthy as of now, but inefficient, easily his best game of the season, frankly, his best game in two years uh, last week. Is this an opportunity, Bobby, in your opinion, with the Bengals, with the Browns here, which should be another boom game for A.J. Green, hopefully. Is this an opportunity where you're either trying to sell high on A.J. Green because you don't think it'll last, or you're potentially looking to acquire him because people still don't believe in him. You got a plus matchup here with the Browns. The Bengals are going to be throwing. Their defense is terrible. Do you believe that A.J. Green is going to be an acquire, or would you rather ditch him on the high week? 
Well, the next three weeks after this game are the Titans, the Steelers, and the Washington football team. So when you're looking at that schedule, you know, the Titans have, I just, we just touched on a lot of pass ball. And we just saw Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks beat the Titans. The Steelers, like I just touched on too, Travis Fulgham. Before the Browns game, everybody was over 250 yards and two touchdowns against the Steelers in the pass game. And then the Washington football team has been more of a product of who they face. We just saw Darius Slayton score a touchdown against Washington. So I think from a pass, but I also believe that it makes so much sense to trade A.J. Green. I mean, they, they don't have, they, he's going to walk in free agency next year. They're not going to resign him uh, because they have T Higgins now emerging and playing well, Tyler Boyd's on their contract. You know, they also have Auden Tate as well, who had some connection with Burrow in the off season. So I just think that if it might be, a, they might be uh, showcasing him a little bit. We've seen this done in the past, feature him a little more, try to get his value up and then ship him out to a contender. It makes sense. But I think if you're looking at AJ green, the next three weeks are decent. I think that he's going to be startable. And if the Giants use James Bradbury on T. Higgins, then A.J. Green could have another big game. So that's the next four weeks, and then they play the Dolphins five. So that's a decent schedule for him. I like it. All right, man, let's take a quick commercial break. We'll get into the next four games after that. Bobby, you've been on the program here for the last seven weeks, man. First of all, I super appreciate your time and commitment here to the TCK pod. You're always bringing super hot fire. We get a lot of great feedback from you in DMs. People always much appreciate your episodes. Please let the TCK Potter know where they can find your content and who else you contribute to. Well, I'm very happy you guys aren't sick of me yet, but if you want to continue to hear me throughout the week, it's the Fantasy Football X Factor on Instagram. I'm also on uh, YouTube as well. I post a data bank every Saturday. I also am on Twitter at FFX Factor. I also write a shadow coverage report going over all the top cornerback wide receiver matchups for football.rasball.com. That comes out every Friday. And then Saturday is the opportunities analysis where I go over influx of uh, pass volume and spreads and all that information to tell you what are the best plays and fades for the week that comes out every Saturday on expand the box score. He's a kid Potters. Make sure you go follow Bobby. He is an excellent, excellent contributor to this podcast, but also uh, works very hard behind the scenes as the rest of us do here on the TCK pod. So go get some value from him, follow his channels. It would be much appreciated and a personal favor to me to help support him and what he does here for the fantasy football world. Also, of course, you can follow the TCK pod itself on Instagram, fantasy football underscore TCK pod on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. And you can find all of our rankings and articles on tckpod.com. You can hit me up Sunday mornings, one hour before kickoff going live on Instagram. Uh, you can check me out for some last minute start sits. We got trade conversations now, bi-week fillers, waiver pickups, whatever it is fired at me in the DMs. I will reply to everybody personally. All right, buddy, let's get into the second half here. We got the Green Bay Packers getting completely upended by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which was one of the most impressive performances considering how well the Packers had been playing. And they got uh, Deontay Devonte Adams, excuse me, uh, back in that game, but they got upended by Brady and the Bucks against Houston, who is looking fantastic uh, <laughs> without Bill O'Brien. They've had a terrible schedule to start the season, but Deshaun Watson has been, uh, you know, breaking free from the shackles, which is excellent. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy to see that from him. Four and one for the Packers, one and five for the Texans. It looked like Devontae Adams and Rodgers were a little bit rusty, had to uh, kind of get that chemistry back. I expect them to have a big game, hopefully against Houston this week. And you mentioned earlier, Will Fuller 
and Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb to a certain extent going loose last week. I can see that happening against Green Bay. Let's talk about these running backs, though. David Johnson, do we trust him um, in this matchup? And uh, Aaron Jones is automatic, of course. But if you're in a deep, bi-week stricken team, can you trust maybe a, uh, a Jamal Williams or so? And uh, are you looking at, you know, these tight ends who have shown flashes, but, you know, Darren Fells has been a top 12 tight end the last two weeks without Jordan Akins in the lineup for the Texans and Robert Tanyan, of course, three touchdowns a few weeks ago, but not much of a factor the last couple. So, you know, obviously Rogers and Watson are, are automatics, but how do you feel about the rest of the squad? Oh man. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to be so PO'd. Like, I mean, one of the, it's like, sometimes you don't need to overthink things like DFS stack, uh, Devontae Adams, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Like it just, they're, they are just going to come out. They got embarrassed by Tom Brady and the Bucks. They are not going to let that happen again. And they're playing against the Houston Texans secondary that can just get torched. They just got torched by Ferksner. I mean, come on. I mean, the guy at eight for 113 and one, like crazy. So when you're looking at the Packers, I think it's obvious. Yes, you start Adams. I even think DFS stack all day with those two guys. The ground games, I mean, listen, Derrick Henry had over 200 yards rushing last week against the Houston Texans. Dalvin Cook had 130 yards and two touchdowns. Aaron Jones, I think you can probably just fill up on Packers players. You do worry about some game flow, but we have seen Deshaun Watson flourish in negative game scripts. I mean, last week's a prime example. They trailed by a big margin heading into halftime. They were down 21 to 10. And then in the second half, he just turns it on. And I can see that happening again this week against the Green Bay Packers, which is good news for their pass catchers. But when you're looking at the Packers, let's focus on them first. Obviously, I think the question mark is like you just brought up Jamal Williams. I'm sorry, but like I, I fantasy football is hard enough. I don't want to sit here and pretend like I know if Jamal Williams will have a big week or not. You know, it's very fluky. Like last week he had four carries for 34 yards and then that was it. So like, I'm not interested. It could happen, but forget it. I think Robert Tonyan's where the line starts getting drawn. You know, this is the type of game where Houston just got Anthony, Anthony Ferksner. I mean, Ferksner, whatever you call him, eight for 113 and one, like I just said. So I think Tanyan, he still ran a lot of routes. He ran the third most routes on the team. He ran clearly the third most routes on the team. So I think that's good news for him moving forward. I think last week, listen, they took out the starters halfway through the fourth quarter. The Packers just called it a day because that's how bad it went. And, you know, so I think all these guys are going to be buys this week. And I think even throw Tanya in there. On the other side, like I just touched on, it's pass volume. David Johnson will have success on the ground versus this defense. I mean, Ronald Jones, 23 carries, 113 yards, two touchdowns. But that was in a big win. So Johnson, the problem with him is they are not going to have a big lead in this game, and they're not going to dominate the Packers. So Johnson will have enough volume um, on the ground and success to be a start. But I'm not going to play him in DFS or anything. I just don't think he's going to get you 19 carries like he had last week. So I'm not seeing that game flow from that perspective. For the pass catchers, I think you're fine. I mean, listen, Jair Alexander is an elite talent. I mean, he just shut down Mike Evans last week. Evans had one catch for 10 yards in that matchup. Granted, Brady only uh, threw 27 times, but he held down Mike Evans. So I think Will Fuller is going to see a lot of Jair Alexander. I love Brandon Cooks. I'm going to try to get Brandon Cooks in my DFS lineups. I think the game flow and everything is going to make him great, especially if Jair follows Will Fuller. You're going to have uh, Brandon Cooks. He's been getting hot, and I think he has the talent to really flourish. And then Darren Fells, it really just rides in Jordan Aikens. They split work down the middle when he's active. He was pretty close last week, so I think Aikens comes back and that muddies up the waters. But if you hear that Aikens is out, you're rolling with Darren Fells in this matchup. So for 
I'm starting Watson. I think this is a game where they're going to have a bunch of pass volume. Green Bay sees a lot of volume throughout the year, so I think you're going to be able to face uh, throw a lot. Deshaun Watson's in. David Johnson, RB3 flex. He's playable. And then I really like Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller in this matchup as well. Love it. Any love for Randall Cobb? So when you're looking at the, the Green Bay Packers, they really get beat by outside wide receivers. They're actually one of the best against slot. So when I was looking at the numbers, uh, it's really outside guys. I mean, that's even though when you're looking at it, Jair Alexander is very good, but I think Will Fuller is going to get his based on volume. So I, I lean, I think the tight ends, Aikens and Fells will get plenty of production together combined. Maybe one gets a touchdown. I don't know, but I don't think I'm starting Randall Cobb this week. Got it. I like it. So I have four players potentially in my DFS lineups from uh, this game alone. I like to see that. All right, let's move on to the Panthers and the Saints. Now, the Panthers are going to be without Christian McCaffrey for another week. The Saints are coming off of a bye. This is a divisional matchup. Should be a great game for NFL purposes. Should be a shootout. The Panthers are playing much better than I think anybody preseason gave them credit for. The Saints they're not the saints yet. And now Michael Thomas has been out so far this season, but they're just not the saints. Um, Panthers are three and three. The saints are three and two saints, you know, big favorites, seven and a half at home. That's no surprise there, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens here for the Panthers. Robbie Anderson, in my opinion, is clearly the number one wide receiver for, for uh, Teddy Bridgewater. DJ Moore obviously is an automatic start. Or is he? That's a legitimate question, I think, at this point. In PPR, maybe you have to fire him up just because you are assuming he gets peppered in targets. But it's going to be interesting if he doesn't have long touchdowns there. And then, you know, Mike Davis is automatic at this point as well. Do you feel comfortable with Teddy B in Superflex Leagues? On the other side with the Saints, uh, you know, is Breeze on that kind of, you know, no longer an automatic start? He hasn't been automatic for a little bit, but, like, do you, you always like him better at home? Are we getting Michael Thomas back? Is Alvin Kamara going to be Alvin Kamara with Michael Thomas back? Do we play Latavius Murray because we have a ton of running backs out this week? Do we play Latavius Murray against one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL? We got, you know, all these, you know, Traquan Smith, Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, there's just so many options. Jared Cook, there's a lot of names in this game, but I think there's a little bit of fool's gold here too. Yeah, um, from a success – so when I look at this stuff, I try to, like, get an understanding of the volume projections for this game. New Orleans is very – it's kind of below average when they face volume versus wide uh, – volume for pass games. Same with Carolina is about average. So – and you got to keep in mind, Joe Brady comes from New Orleans. So Joe Brady, the OC for the Panthers, spent two seasons. So they're very familiar with each other. You know, Joe Brady knows the defense. He knows uh, Sean Payton very intimately but for two years, that staff. So they'll know what they want to do. So I think that's something worth noting might give some edge to the defenses a little bit uh, from that perspective. I think you're still from a Carolina side, Matt McCaffrey's doubtful. So you're going to be rolling with Mike Davis. I mean, even in a really tough matchup versus the uh, Chicago bears last week, he got it done. He continues to get it done. And the good thing is they don't have a tight end. So you're getting a lot of passing game work because when you don't have a tight end to throw to all the short intermediate work is going to Mike Davis. So I think he's fine. Now, when you look at who beats the Saints, it's tight ends, ironically enough. Darren Waller, Robert Tanyan, Hunter Henry, TJ Hawkinson all scored. And there is no tight end for the Panthers. So 
it's like I'm rolling with Mike Davis. I think that's great. Wide receiver-wise, we saw Mike Williams have a very big game versus New Orleans, five for 109 and two. Kenny Galladay, four for 62 and one. Alan Lazard had a big game, too, against this New Orleans secondary. But keep in mind, Marshawn Lattimore has been banged up the last couple of weeks. Norris Jenkins has been out. So once it looks like Lattimore, was, he was back last week, maybe he wasn't up to full speed yet. But, I, I mean, I'm sorry, they were on a bye last week. But they're both going to be healthy coming out of the bye, Marshawn Lattimore and Janora Shankins, which means that kicks everything back inside. So when you're looking at this matchup, I think Robbie Anderson, because he plays more in the slot, is more favorable than DJ Moore, who will see a lot more of Marshawn Lattimore and Janoris Jenkins. However, if we hear that Janoris Jenkins is going to be out again, that's going to open up more opportunities for a guy like Robbie Anderson. I think DJ Moore, since he plays predominantly outside, you're going to see Marshawn Lattimore on DJ Moore. So I lean Robbie Anderson over more in this matchup because of that. Teddy B, super flex, I get, I mean, listen, you know, it's, it's basically asking he's going to be like a top 20 quarterback. I mean, quarterbacks are usually going to outscore, um, you know, wide receivers and, and running backs. So I would say he's probably in there because they're seven and a half point underdogs on the road. So I do think Teddy B can do enough to keep up with the New Orleans. Now on the Saints side, I mean, Jesus, don't, before you do anything, when you, if you do DFS, put Alvin, put Alvin Kamara in there. And then start from there. Like, just put Alvin Kamara in your lineup and then figure out everything else and work around. Because this is going to be an, coming off the bye. The team is uh, refreshed. Michael Thomas is back. You know, Detroit just gets gashed on the ground all year so far. So I think Alvin Kamara, DFS, must play this week in this matchup. Michael Thomas, listen, the Carolina Panthers have been very good against wide receivers. Last week, they shut down Allen Robinson for five for 53. Michael Thomas is a different animal. And, but we haven't seen it yet this year. I mean, he had a slow game against Tampa Bay week one, then he's been out. So, of course, you're starting Michael Thomas. Uh, I think when you start looking at this game, though, I think the passing game volume might not be there to support a bunch of pass catchers. So I think it's going to be Alvin Kamara getting all his work done, Michael Thomas hogging all those targets. I think that could be a problem for Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook, who I'm not too excited to play in this matchup. I think it's going to be your studs. I think it's going to be Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. And then – Drew Brees, I think he does enough. I think Drew Brees at home, you always start Drew Brees at home. So I think when it comes to looking at just the Saints, but Latavius Murray, this could be very similar to the Detroit game we brought up a little bit earlier when Latavius Murray uh, did some mop-up duty and he just gashed them on the ground against Detroit. So I think Lat Murray could be, um, with all the bye weeks, could be a flex play this week. I like it. Speaking of bye weeks, I should have gone over that at the beginning of the episode, and I did not, so I apologize, TCK Potters. But if you're unaware yet, Baltimore – Ravens, Miami Dolphins, Minnesota Vikings, and Indianapolis Colts are on a bye week. So there's a lot of weapons in there. But for running backs specifically, you got Mark Ingram, primarily, of course, Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins as well there. Uh, Miles Gaskin, who's come on very well recently. Dalvin Cook, of course, who was injured last week, but he would be in there. And, and Alexander Madison, I'm not sure what happened there. We'll have to talk about that next week. And then Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines as well there for the Colts. So there's definitely a number of roster spots needing to be filled. So I think Latavius Murray is uh, basically as good of a bye week filler as you can get if you don't have a starter there. So I like that call a lot. All right, man, two more to get into here. Buffalo Bills, New York Jets. Buffalo 4-2 and two, started really hot this season, 4-0. They've got tripped up by the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think anybody would blame them necessarily for losing to those two particular teams. But my concern is they've just straight up looked bad. They looked very good in the first four games. They've looked 
not very bad, but they've looked bad the last two games. Mm. Josh Allen has come back down to earth from his MVP conversations. Stephon Diggs is still absolutely on fire. So shouts out to him. This backfield seems unusable in my opinion. John Brown has kind of disappeared, but Cole Beasley has been very impressive over the middle there on the other side. Look, the jets are going to jets. I mean, I don't Jamison Crowder, I suppose. Michael P Ryan didn't show me much last week. Um, You know, again, Le'Veon Bell, of course, waiting uh, for his trip to Kansas city. Uh, there's nothing here for the Jets um, uh, for fantasy purposes. So let's focus on the Bills and uh, Jamison Crowder, if you think that's uh, warranted. Yeah, so listen, we've already seen this matchup earlier in the year. Uh, so when you look at that, it was Diggs, Josh Allen, John Brown, and Jamison Crowder, and that was really it. Herndon had actually six catches, not a bad performance, but we've already kind of seen this. We can roll it back kind of similar to what we saw earlier this year. Now, the Jets just traded away one of their top defensive linemen. I mean, uh, they traded him basically for nothing. So the Jets are clearly, you know, trying to mail it in after trading Bell. Now they traded defensive line McClellan, McClendon uh, away to the Tampa Bay Bucks. So, you know, that's something to note, too, because that's just one less run defender. Now, when you look at the Jets, they have been pretty bad against running backs. I mean, Gaskins had a pretty nice performance, almost 100 yards versus them. Melvin Gordon had a monster game against them as well. Um, you know, I do think that the bill, the problem is you're playing Russian roulette when it comes to um, Zach Moss and, and Devin Singletary when they're on the field together. I mean, I don't know who's going to get the, it looks like Zach Moss is the goal line back, but then you have, you know, Josh Allen stealing goal line touches as well. I think Zach, to be honest with you, if, if, if you, if the odds are good enough, you could probably bet on Zach Moss getting a touchdown this week and gets this matchup. But I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm staying away. I love Diggs. I love John Brown. I think John Brown's the one guy that people are starting to get uh, wary on because of the lack of production the last few weeks and and the injuries. I think John Brown, if he's out there, you're playing him. I think he's a great wide receiver three in this matchup. Diggs smash play. I think you can get Diggs in in your fantasy lineups. He had eight for 86, just in a great game, but I think he's going to be awesome in this one again. Uh, But outside of those three guys, I'm not really excited about starting any other bills like Cole Beasley, et cetera. I think that's really it. On the Jets side, it's really Crowder. I mean, I think Sam, listen, and I will tell you this, there is some optimism for Sam Darnold and the Jets offense moving forward. Uh, Bashard Perriman came back, he looked pretty good. So Perriman got, you know, some production with Joe Flacco, and that game, this is a pass volume game. So I think, you know, in this one, they're going to be throwing. So, you know, the Bills are very, very bad against slot receivers. So Crowder, great play. It's seven for 115 and one in week one. So I think really, to be honest with you, that's the only guy I feel comfortable with. But my boy, Chris Hernan, who, you know, Adam Gase, I just can't sometimes. He doesn't use – he uses – you know, I'm just not going to get into it. But I'm just saying, like, Chris Herndon is more talented than Braxton Berrios, but they use him more than Chris Herndon. But he got six for 37 against the Bills. The Bills are one of the best matchups for tight ends. So if you're desperate, you have a bye week guy that you – you know, you're in a deeper league. Chris Herndon is on the tight end one radar this week because of the matchup because they're 13-and-a-half-point underdogs – they're going to have to throw. Sam Darnold should be back this week. So, you know, that's it. So, and then there's mixed results for the ground game. I know Frank Gore is still getting the work, but I think you're staying away from the ground game, of course. But the the Bills are, are very hit and miss. This is for future reference. Like, they got beat up by Henderson and Claude Edwards-Hilaire, but then they held Josh Jacobs and De- Derek Henry. So, you know, it's hard to tell which one is what they are, but I think you're just sticking to Crowder and Herndon. Maybe Herndon if you're desperate at tight end for this week. Let's not forget about Jeff Wilson and, uh, you know, Chris Hogan, uh, some more options getting you <laughs> getting Smith. used. 
Jeff Smith, excuse me. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even know his name. I apologize. Yeah. Um, getting used more than uh, Chris Herndon there in, uh, in New Jersey. Yeah, man, I, I think that, uh, you know, these running backs are going to be a fade for me until we see anything productive. Um, I think the biggest issue is that there's no threat of the pass that the bills can't handle. Right. So with the chiefs, the chiefs can beat you any way they want to. So mm-hmm. when you, when you, you know, you, you try to, you try to shut down Kelsey and you try to shut down um, uh, Tyreek Hill and Harden or excuse me, Hardman, then you're doing a great job. But then CEH just runs all over you. Darrell Williams runs all over you. When you don't worry about the pass so much, like they weren't in Tennessee without AJ Brown early on in the season, you could focus on Derrick Henry and you could put more of a plug in the system. That's just not going to happen with the Jets. So Crowder might get his, you know, 14 targets for 11 catches and 75 yards. But, you know, I'll, I'll pass if I'm not in PPR leagues. And on the Bills side, I think you said it right, man. I'm going to I'm going to go with Josh Allen. I think it's a big bounce back, a get right game for him. Stephon Diggs is automatic at this point. A sneaky name, I think, is Gabriel Davis, potentially, if you're in a DFS or you're in a just kind of a, a you know, need to find a flyer kind of a thing. Um, and then, of course, if I'm going to go with this backfield, I am going to go with Zach Moss. Uh, because I think now that he's healthy with a game under his belt, I think he's going to get that goal line work. Devin Singletary just straight up hasn't shown me anything this season. I don't think he's terrible, but he's not good enough to just straight up not allow Zach Moss to get some work here. And uh, I'm really excited to see Zach Moss uh, take off. And this could potentially be the week against an 0-6 Jets team that just suffered the first shutout of the NFL season last week uh, against Fitzmagic. So, um I mean, the Jets are horrendous. The Bills are a two-touchdown favorite on the road. You almost never see that in the NFL. It's uh, pretty bad. All right, last game on the season. Speaking of pretty bad, unfortunately for Dallas Cowboy fans, yikes. Uh, Bad enough to lose Dak Prescott. Look, we're not going to talk about Dak again. We did it last week. It's um, very sad. It's old news. I feel really bad for the guy. I'm rooting for him as a human being. I think he's a great dude. I think the Cowboys really dicked him around and I'm like upset about it. I'm not even a Cowboy fan, but I'm pissed about the way they went about shit with him. Nonetheless, tragic situation. What happened with him? This offense I thought was going to have at least a chance to show a little bit of passion with Andy Dalton. Zeke put the ball on the ground twice versus the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. The game was over. The game was over. 10 minutes into the game and the Cardinals are good, but they're not that good to boat race. Um, one of the best offenses in the league, even with Andy Dalton, instead of Dak Prescott, the defense for, for uh, the Cowboys, just nowhere to be seen. So can you trust Andy Dalton? And at this point it's super flex or bust. How do you feel about these receivers? Yikes. You got to fire up Zeke. I know it was a terrible game. He got quote unquote benched for Tony Pollard. Zeke's going to be fine. They have to play him. What do you do with these wide receivers? What do you do with Dalton Schultz? And on the other side, is there anybody for Washington that you would be confident with outside of uh, Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson? And I got to give it to you, man. Um, Your boy, Logan Thomas had, in my opinion, the best toe drag swag touchdown of the entire weekend last week. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I know. So I think the Washington football team is pretty easy. It's, it's, I think you could start Gibson and McLaurin with confidence. I think we just saw Kenyon Drake completely gash the Dallas Cowboys on the ground for 20 carries, 164 yards and two touchdowns, you know, and I do think Antonio Gibson is kind of in a get right spot. I think he could finally get it going a little bit on the ground versus Dallas. And I think I'm okay with that. And then McLaurin, I think is a must start. I, I don't see anybody that's on the, 
the Dallas Cowboys secondary that could slow down McLaurin, especially on the outside. They are actually one of the better teams for outside receivers to face. So I think McLaurin is definitely a start for me. Outside of that, I'm not really excited. I don't think there's enough volume to go around. I don't think Kyle Allen is going to support enough other pass catchers. He throws the ball so much to running backs. You know, I just don't see enough volume in there for Dontrell Lemon getting five targets and uh, Isaiah Wright getting five targets. It's just not enough. So I'm just kind of staying away from fantasy from the Redskins side. Now, for the for the Cowboys, listen, primetime Andy Dalton. Listen, Monday night football coming into his first game for the Dallas Cowboys. Andy Dalton in the past has never been good on in primetime. We all know that. I, I honestly believe that this is his first game. This is going to be his first game out of the spotlight. I think this is actually going to be a much better game for Andy Dalton. And listen, at the end of the game, listen, Zeke fumbled twice. They, they put him in a really bad spot early. So those turnovers over to two touchdowns for the Arizona Cardinals. And then on top of that, Michael Gallup drops a touchdown right before half. So that is just a huge swing for them as well. Could have boosted some confidence heading into the second half. So it was kind of a disaster all around. Plus Arizona is actually very good against the pass, uh, very good against wide receivers. And then, listen, the Washington football team, they have been pretty good all year, and quote, um, statistically speaking, against wide receivers, but they haven't really faced anybody. And then, for the most part, they're getting destroyed. So I think last week, you know, Darius Slayton, before he got hurt, had two catches, 41 yards, scored a touchdown uh, against this defense. I, I do believe, listen, you're rolling with Amari Cooper. I really do like Amari Cooper in this matchup. Maybe even throw him in DFS. I think it's a good matchup for him. Now, Outside of Amari Cooper and Zeke, you know, it's it, – I don't believe this is going to be this this shootout. I think when you notice Washington football team, they slow this game down. They typically don't see – like last weekend they threw the ball 42 times, which is great. But then Daniel Jones on the other side threw the ball 19 times. So it's just they're not seeing a lot of passing. The lowest uh, dropbacks per game on defense is the Washington football team. So this is dragging everybody down. So I think – Outside of Cooper, I'm not really going to start Lamb. I mean, um, Michael Gallup. I think Lamb is a fringe uh, wide receiver three. And I think Dalton Schultz, just because you can get four catches for 45 yards and be a low-end tight end one, I think you can see that kind of production against the Washington football team who has not been typically good against tight ends this season. You know, we've seen Gerald Everett get four for 90. Mark Andrews scored two touchdowns. So I think you're going to be able to see – you know, Dalton Schultz get enough to be a fringe tight end one. But then when you look at the games versus the Washington football team, it's only one guy, Robert Woods, Darius Slayton, and Marquise Hollywood Brown the last three weeks. There's only been one notable pass catcher. I think that's Amari Cooper. I think only Gall uh, Lamb is a fringe wide receiver three, and I'm sitting Gallup in this matchup. And Dalton, no thanks. Because of those low dropbacks, I'm not interested in playing Dalton this week. Well, the good news for Washington football team fans is if they can come to play at home in D.C., they can jump into a first-place tie with the Dallas Cowboys. So that is excellent, excellent news for Washington here. <laughs> Two and four Cowboys in first place, but Washington chomping at the bit, looking for a big upset here in D.C. We'll see what happens on Fox Sunday morning. All right, brother, we are done with the morning slate. Let's get your picks in. And we will get out of here. I want to give an update real quick <clears throat> from last weekend. You did close the gap quite a bit. You mentioned last week that you were going to kind of go against the grain, pick a few teams that I didn't pick, pick a few teams that maybe Lucas and Dwayne didn't get into either. Well, it benefited you in a couple different scenarios. So 
the updated poll results. Lucas jumps into the lead. He's at 40. We played 60 games since week three. That's when we started keeping score on this. Lucas is at 40 and 20. I'm at 38 and 22. You have jumped into third place here ahead of Dweez at 35 and 25, and Dweez is at 33 and 27. So, Bobby, let's get into it, man. We'll start here in the early games. No fluff. We know how this goes. I'm going to give you two teams. You give me the winner, Detroit at Atlanta. Detroit. Pittsburgh at Tennessee, both undefeated. Uh, Tennessee. Cleveland at Cincinnati. Cleveland. Green Bay at Houston. Green Bay. On the road. I like it. Carolina at New Orleans. New Orleans. Buffalo at New York Jets. Bills. No Jets love. Surprising. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, Washington football team. For first place in the <laughs> NFC East. Oh, God. Dallas. Dallas love it. On the road. My man. All right. I'm going to go with Atlanta at home over Detroit. I'm also going to go with Tennessee. I'm going to go with Cincy. At home, Baker does not look right, man. And I think that Joe Burrow's due for a big one. Divisional win, I like it here. I'm going to go with the Bungles. Green Bay and Houston, I'm going to take Houston at home right now. Uh, I just think that also Deshaun Watson's on fire. I'm going to take the upset there. And then New Orleans is a sweep. Buffalo's a sweep. And Dallas is a sweep as well. All right, Bobby, always a pleasure, my man. Before we get out of here, remind the TCK Potters one more time where we can find your content. Yeah, guys, you can follow me on Instagram at Fantasy Football X Factor. I'm also writing an article for football.rasball.com, the shadow coverage report every Friday. Saturday is expand the box score. I write the opportunities analysis. So go check out those articles. Go follow me on Instagram. I also have a YouTube channel at Fantasy Football X Factor as well. Boom. Love it. Bobby LaMarco, always a pleasure, my man. Follow TCK Pod, of course. Right here on the podcast, leave a rate and review. A five-star would be much appreciated. Follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod, on Twitter at tck underscore pod, and all the rankings and articles at tckpod.com. We appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow with Lucas coming back for the later game slate. Thursday night football between the Giants and the Eagles. Another game looking for second place there in the NFC East. A lot of fireworks going on in the NFC East. Um, this week, which is always great to see. We got the afternoon games, of course, Sunday night football with the Bucks and the Raiders, and then Monday night with the Bears and the Rams. This has been episode 287 for Bobby LaMarco. I'm Scott Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.